0: GEICO presents, oh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate.
1: Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide
0: open. Uh, While you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? (laughs) My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. (laughs) The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.
1: Hey Nat, did you know that the FDA doesn't require tampon companies to disclose a list of the ingredients in their tampons?
2: That's pretty horrifying. (laughs) Uh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so major brands use synthetic ingredients and harsh chemical cleansing agents, whereas Lola is 100% cotton and BPA free.
2: And for those of you who are a little more environmentally conscious and don't even want to use the applicator, they make applicator lists, they make various sizes, and panty liners for those who want them. And yeah, you can customize your subscription so you can get exactly what you need, you know, in the right sizes. Yeah, it's
1: pretty cool. And it gets delivered directly to your door so you don't have to worry about like... Lazy girl's dream. Exactly. <laughs> don't have to worry about running off to the store because they will be there every month at your door. Also, $5 off your first box... Come on, guys! Can't beat that. Pretty exciting. Head on over to trymylola.com/babes. That's B-A-B-E-S, and start your subscription today. Go, guys! Do it.
0: From. Cal-
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. I'm Ginny.
0: And we are the Art History Babes.
1: And we were going to be recording on some new equipment, but we're <laughs> really inept when it comes to yeah. technology, so that's not happening today. Eventually. It, it, it's going to happen, though. Stay tuned. Be on the lookout. <laughs> Um, personally, I think, I think our audio quality is getting a lot better. I think yeah. over time, yeah, where, where we're at now, we've, we've improved quite True. a bit. <laughs> sure.
0: And a lot of podcasts, I mean, obviously ones that are like very well established and have touring dates and all that, but they have sound editors yeah. you know, exactly. that are separate from people on the podcast. Our sound editor is Corey. Yes. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I do that.
1: And I am. Did not have experience and doing she that She also <laughs>
0: doesn't get paid for it. So.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's actually before we jump into what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of a piece of work, she she gives a shout out. Oh she, she goes, There's "It's so many people. I know." She <laughs> goes, um, "She goes. It takes a lot of people to make a podcast, and granted, it does, but." Uh, there's only four of us and we do it all. So I was like, I was actually like really, after she listed all those names that go into the production of that podcast, I was like really proud of us. I was like, wow. Me too.
0: (laughs) I was struck by that as well. It was like 15 names. Yeah. Maybe 10. But a lot. Who are, like,
1: professionals. Yeah. And, like, like get paid and shit. So, so, yeah, but. in the dream. I I know, right? (laughs) Um, but, yeah, so today we're gonna talk about, uh, the podcast series A Piece of Work with Abby Jacobson.
0: It was, I was so excited about this. Yeah. It it didn't disappoint. No.
1: It was so great. I don't know, before we dive in,
2: does anyone have any fun anecdotes? You went to Hawaii, Nat. Yeah, I did. It was a Very quick trip, Um, as my boyfriend pointed out, I was in Hawaii for less days than I was just in San Francisco, so it was very fast, but it was good. Saw some pictures of you on beaches and such. Beaches, snorkeling, you know, all all the Hawaiian stuff. Did you see any sharks? No, but I saw a manta ray.
0: Oh, that's Ooh, cool. Yeah, it was
2: super cool. <laughs> that's
0: really cool. Yeah, it swam
2: under me. It was kind of scary. Whoa. Just kept thinking of Steve Irwin. not sure on. Like, uh, you can't oh, not think about that when that thing's oh,
0: like... Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. What a way
0: to go. That's a bummer. I know. I guess... You know, when you're seabird, right? when death by an animal, yeah, right. families right. live
1: in legacy. The thing legacy. is, stingrays, like, fatalities due to stingrays are super rare.
0: Right, yeah. I yeah. And it got because, him because it stuck, him in. stuck yeah. In. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: right yeah. in the heart. Yeah. Right yeah. in the heart. because yeah. right yeah. yeah. when
0: yeah. I was in San Diego the other day, um, my friend who surfs was like, if you go in the water, like, shuffle your feet to kick up the sand, because that scares the stingrays mm-hmm. away, but, like... You know, if they sting you, it's not that bad, it's painful, but you're mostly going to be okay. Yeah, it's
1: kind of, a, it's on the same level as, like, jellyfish and yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Unless um, it gets you in the heart. That's a dope photo. Look at it. Well, Ooh, fantastic yeah. Fantastic creature. Ooh. I'm
2: not going to take credit. The uh, instructor, the tour guide, offered to take my video camera down. Oh. And she, like, dove. I could Whoa. dive that deep. That's great. But. You could have taken credit for that and I would have believed oh, it. I wish. I'm not that badass. I'm sorry, you guys can probably hear this a little. Mm, sound,
0: the <laughs> yes, the sound <laughs> the of the ocean. ocean floor. The race <laughs> <swinging>. <laughs>
2: I saw some turtles. Oh, turtles! Yeah. Every time I've been guys. snorkeling,
0: I never really see anything that um great. I'm Me also either. fairly convinced that I died via drowning in an ocean in at least one past life, so <laughs> I sometimes get a little nervous, mm-hmm. like going down under the the ocean and the pressure. Yeah, and trusting the breathing apparatus, it never seems to work properly when I do it. My goggles always fog up really yeah. a lot. I mean, it's still cool. But but I would, that sounds yeah. super stressful. No, I will yeah. say that is how most of my snorkeling
2: experiences have gone. This was the first time where I actually felt kind of like in control, and yeah, I don't know. I gained some confidence this time. I tried right. diving; I had never tried the just oh, diving yeah, down yeah. before. Yeah. I didn't have any sort of floaty thing. I just mm-hmm. had my little fins. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. There's something about this time that I, I was a little more confident because there sure. were definitely times where I like. Was in the water and would just like whip my head around violently, like, there's a shark behind me. I know, him. I know he's there, I feel him.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so crazy shark story because it was, is it Shark Week or it was Shark? Week? It was know, recently, yeah, a few weeks ago. So, I
1: haven't had cable in like a decade. Yeah, me, either. So I don't know. Like, I, don't I remember either, someone
0: was talking about like, yeah. oh, Shark Week, like it's always the same, yeah. essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I really love it. I don't know, uh, so, someone was saying that recently, but, anyways, a friend of mine's friend who I have met several times, in Oregon, got bitten by a shark. Shit, Yeah. Great white. He was surfing, Indian Beach, for anyone who knows the beaches of Oregon, and he was like, his legs and most of his torso were floating in the water, and he had his arms on his board like he was getting ready to, I guess, get back on or, like, paddle or whatever, and just all of a sudden felt something on his thigh and got pulled down punched the shark in the gills oh <laughs> like god gets back on his surfboard and just i guess adrenaline was just like shark and everyone's getting out of the water and he's a trauma nurse and so he instructed people on the beach how to tie a tourniquet around his thigh because his muscles were just like shredded in his thigh. That is the <laughs> craziest this, who is this person? story. This Joe, you can look it up. Oregon he's shark attack. He's a real life. He's a real superhero. Yeah, he's a real person. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And yeah, That's I just crazy. heard that story. He's like that is nuts. And not that I didn't believe my friend that told me, but then I looked it up on the news, and like it was all over the place and. Yeah, it was nuts. So be careful. Crazy. Out there. <laughs> but also it's very rare. Yeah. Still be but also let's stop no.
1: demonizing sharks because oh, yeah. like oh, no. they're yeah, it's a rare thing. Oh yeah. yeah, it is that's kind of the fault of Shark Week, is like Shark Week's yeah. made a lot of people think that like sharks are a lot scarier than they actually yeah. are. Yeah. And or it's or like, that it's that's just like
2: more of it should be more of a fear. Like that's what people get yeah. in their lives, yeah. That yeah.
0: It's not even like when I'm in the ocean I'm not even necessarily thinking about sharks I just am thinking about things swimming beneath me that I can't see and that, yeah. that unnerves un- me. Yeah, I Definitely. will say
2: the the moments when I did get a little freaked out was like when we you guys know Molokini it's like that crater shaped mass of land and you can't go oh. on it like you can't walk on it but oh. the, it, like connects down to the coral so there's oh, just sure. like so yeah. many fish and shit living yeah, yeah. out there and it's actually really sad i kind of wanted to look up pictures of what it looked like before because you can just tell like most of that coral is just so dead yeah and yeah. it's all fucked up and mm. people suck and whatever but when you were in there you're like kind of looking down at the coral and all the stuff and then if you turn around it's just like endless water and you know the way the like Light shines through, and so it creates mm-hmm. these like effects, but mm-hmm. you just can't see anything. It just like blurs out, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like it just it makes you feel that like sense of being so small. Yeah, and like if a shark did want to just come trucking out of the water, there, I mean, I, there's nothing I can do. I'm just I'm bait. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's, that's it. Just, that's my bait. That's how it goes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so anyway. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: a piece of work piece Piece of work work.
0: nothing to do with
1: yeah it has nothing to do with sharks but um that's okay um so if you haven't listened to a piece of work with abby jacobson you should definitely get on that immediately it's been at the top of the arts charts since it first came out um it's a 10 episode podcast series with Abby Jacobson of Broad City, which oh. if you're not familiar, you need to get on that immediately yeah, as yeah. well. <laughs>
0: I love that show business. so much; it's probably annoying, but no. it's just it's a, a it's, genius show. It's yeah. very quotable.
1: We were quoting That's it in, so much in Europe. In Europe, what was <laughs> the one fook? Oh no, it <laughs> was, was the
2: I can't. I can't pay. Oh yeah. I'm a baby. baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you haven't seen it, we probably sound real dumb. Yeah. But if you have, you're probably laughing too. Um
1: but it's a great show. It's on Hulu, so you should you have no excuse you need to watch it. But so what we're gonna do, because we were obviously as Broad City fans and, you know, art fans. Yeah. We were pretty stoked when we heard about this podcast so what we decided to do is a kind of a response episode we're Mm -hmm. going to tell you our thoughts what our favorite parts were kind of just respond to some of the ideas that were brought up obviously like it's a 10 episode series so if we talked about everything we would be talking for like five hours and also what's the point like go listen to it yourself yeah we think you guys (laughs) should
2: listen to it so we have no interest in summarizing the whole thing for you Yeah, yeah exactly
1: so do yourself a favor in general, what did you guys think about the way the show was set so, up? The purpose of the show? Yeah, yeah. Right.
2: we should probably mention too that it was in collaboration with the MoMA mm-hmm. in New York. She everything full she talks access. about, yeah, <laughs> is related to what the MoMA owns. So everything she talks about is, I think, owned by the MoMA. Yeah, most part. Yeah, there yeah. may be there may be a few outliers there, but for the most part, she's dealing with their collection. And, yeah, having special access to things that the regular museum-goer wouldn't necessarily have. Yeah,
1: and since we're dealing with the MoMA, obviously we're talking strictly modern contemporary. Nothing older than that. Right. So 20th century forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was great, especially when you talk about modern art. And I've had a lot of people tell this to me when I've said, oh, I've been in art history and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people have the feeling... Of looking at art and being like, I don't get it, and then feeling stupid. Yeah. Or like they're not enlightened enough to understand it. And I think that's especially an issue with a lot of more modern and contemporary art. Whereas you look at a landscape and you're like, I understand this. You know? so <laughs> there's the milkmaid and the sheeps and the rolling hills of, mm-hmm. um, what painting are you describing? I don't right know. Now? Perhaps a German 17th century peasant landscape.
2: Yeah. I'm saying it. <laughs> the <But>.
1: milkmaid.
2: you <laughs> <laughs> said milkmaid though, I went kind of premier in my yeah, mind. That's yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that
0: is fair. Northern European renaissance Something. landscape, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I think that Abby Jacobs, I'm just going to call her Abby because she's my friend. Yeah. Just <laughs> she's not. We don't know her yet, but we're working on I it. don't think she would mind. I think yeah. she would.
2: Abs. I'm going to call her Abs.
0: Right? <laughs> RuPaul called her that and I was like, you lucky bitch. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> but the main takeaway that I had from her podcast was basically trying to explain The different kinds of modern contemporary art from things like minimalism to like abstract expressionist art in ways that people can understand it and being like, no, it's not meant to make you feel dumb. It's not meant to create some kind of inside joke that only a very small elite part of the population can understand. And also touching base on the whole thing of like, my kid could do that or like, I could do that. And really delving more into the concept of, like, so much of art can be in the idea
2: behind it
0: and not so much only the product. So I thought that was really cool, and I really think she accomplished it. Definitely. In In a human, approachable, funny way.
1: Definitely, and, um, and we'll go more into detail, but just the people she had on the show, she mm-hmm. had amazing guests that yeah. we also, like, Hannibal oh. Burris, Questlove, Questlove is oh.
0: probably my
1: favorite human, that was my favorite, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> um,
2: amazing. like, RuPaul, yeah, um, Tavi Gevinson, yeah, impressive young woman, yeah. she's amazing, oh <laughs> right? my god, right? yes. her podcast is pretty good, too, it's geared more towards, like, I don't know, young adults, like, Kind of teenage Mm -hmm. girls through young adult, but I still, I enjoy her so much that I still love it. She's very well-spoken. I was like,
1: this girl's 21? Like, what? (laughs) But yeah, just amazing guests, and Abby Jacobson would go, would take these guests that maybe weren't necessarily a part of the art world, or super, you know, entrenched in, The history of modern art and would like look at art with them and they'd Mm -hmm. have this very human dialogue this very real experience of what it is to just go experience an artwork and I loved that entire approach because even for us who have master's degrees in art history we do have a vast amount of knowledge to pull from like that doesn't mean we know everything about every artwork we look at and we are just as likely to step in front of an artwork and be like what's happening here and like having to make sense of the experience with no background knowledge, like, and I think that's such an important aspect of Mm -hmm. experiencing artwork, and Mm -hmm. the podcast just captures it in a very fun and engaging way. Totally.
2: And in addition to, you know, people like art historians and curators having their own separate, like, emotional or kind of intuitive experience with artwork rather than just a historical one. Like, yeah. Yeah. She does a good job of bringing in curators who do kind of, you know, curators or art educators or other people of that nature, academics. And they'll explain, you know, historically, or sometimes they'll just explain their impression. Like you kind of get all of these levels of um, interpretation and she never, ever poses Mm -hmm. one above another. There's, she really works hard. I feel like at um, kind of diminishing any sort of hierarchy of yeah, totally. knowledge about art, of experience about art, of different art forms. Mm-hmm. Like it's, she tries to make everything really egalitarian, and, and I think she does a good job.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's and it's fun and it's funny. Yeah, and, which is what an experience to the moment should be like, like, we pay money to go to these museums, like, you should enjoy yourself, you for know? For sure, for sure. Like, it shouldn't just be this test of, of how cultured you no. are, you yeah. know?
0: And, like, I think the point was made in one of the episodes, too, where, and I kind of bounce between going either way, where, like, you want, because whenever I go to a museum, like Sometimes I go with people who love art, and other times I don't, and I always just kind of, like, pay attention to how people process that, because some people just go up and look at the image, and they don't even really look at the wall text. Other people just, like, read the wall text, and some people go into museums and feel like, okay, I need to get every bang for my buck and look at every single fucking piece of art (laughs) that is in this museum, and they made a really interesting point about that. I think it was in, yeah, it was in the third episode... And they were talking about monochromes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they, you know, obviously talk about Eve's Klein, And, um, you know, she made that point where, you know, you can go into a museum and you can just look at, like, one piece. And look at it for an hour. Mm -hmm. Instead of feeling like you have to cruise through and, like, absorb everything. And I think that's such a great idea because especially me, I love museums. Like I go to them all the time. I've always loved them, but I get museum fatigue. I get like overloaded and the idea of going in somewhere and just going up to something because it has some kind of connection to you. You look at it, it makes you feel something. It makes you think something and just taking the time to observe it and, like, not necessarily worry about, like, what am I supposed to be feeling? What am I supposed to be thinking? And just feeling whatever you feel and looking at that. I was really struck by that because I've often felt that way as well, and I don't practice it as much as I should, perhaps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, if you give yourself the chance to go to a museum, preferably when it's not on a super crowded day, obviously, and you can just kind of, like, zone out and look at a piece... It's pretty cool. It's a it's a good thing to do. I think
1: definitely, and um, kind of going off of that, I don't know if this was the one you're talking about because Questlove was on two episodes. Mm-hmm. He was on episode three and then the last episode, oh, yeah. which were both two of my fave yes. faves as well. Yeah, um, but on that same topic, they were discussing taking time and just looking at one piece. And, and like, Questlove has a, a print of an Eve Klein yeah. that he likes to spend time with, which yes. makes me very happy. Yeah. Um, and I also wrote here on my notes, I wrote, of course, Questlove has synesthesia. Yeah, right. Um, so, like, Questlove talks about how he has synesthesia, and he, like, you know basically crosses music and mm-hmm. which I think might be one of the more common forms of synesthesia mm-hmm. um is music and visuals and yeah. so he sees like colors and things with music and I was just like of course he fucking does because it's yeah. like the most interesting yeah like yeah. you know mental quirk and he's like the coolest person yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind of going off what Ginny said though he makes a quote at like um he's talking to <laughs> Abby about this idea of taking time with yeah. art, and and he says we need to learn to get bored again. Oh yeah! And I was like, fuck, he said Chris, fuck, Chris yes. Rock said that.
0: I was like, Chris yeah, Rock, yeah, was a yeah, man.
1: yeah. Um, so it's a quote <laughs> by Chris Rock: "We need to learn to get bored again." And
0: so true. It is so
1: true. And Questlove kind of goes on a little like tangent, talking about how you know he's just he's obviously a busy guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's always you know when when he's not doing something or engaged with something he feels like that's a problem but at the same time like like getting bored is kind of where the magic happens and and I actually after that ruminated on that idea for a while and I've been thinking about it a lot and trying to remember like I I had this moment where I was like I don't I honestly truly don't remember the feeling of being bored like because I always feel like There's always something I should be doing or need to be doing. And the feeling of being bored that I recall from childhood is you don't have those responsibilities. There's very much this I want to be doing something. And I don't remember the last time I had that. And so I like, I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot of trying to connect back with my inner child that used Mm -hmm. to always be whining about being bored and like Mm -hmm. wanting to go do things and explore things and trying to shift, I guess the mental perception of like, because I feel like now when I get curious or creative, it there's a sense of, I I need to, I have to, you know? Whereas when I was a child, it was like, it was more, it was out of necessity. Like It was fun because it was the best option because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be bored, you know? So there's a different, a different, um, impulse there and a different feeling that comes from it so like I'm trying to get back in touch with that idea of just like letting myself go down whatever like creative path or adventurous path I want to go down not because I feel I feel like I have to because I need to be doing this but because that's just like because I'm bored totally you know what I Mm -hmm. mean does that make sense am I just no? absolutely
0: (laughs) no absolutely because I think like when we're bored, that's when ideas come around a lot of times, and that yeah. spurs on more creativity and imagination, especially talking about being a kid, like being an only child. That would, like, yeah, I was to, bored all the yeah. time. <laughs> you have to rely on your imagination and being creative about things, and there's so much to that in terms of just I don't know, creativity and imagination are often things that we kind of lose in certain aspects of later adult life and I just feel like we need them
1: yeah definitely and <laughs> yeah. And, and doing it in a way that remo- removes that pressure that exactly. like pressure of I need to do this because it's expected of me or I yeah. need to do this because society wants me to. Be yeah it's like no you just as a child you just did it because it made you feel alive yeah you know mm-hmm. um, totally so yeah. yeah so I yeah I agree that was one of my that favorite episodes great yeah. that was a good one
2: Yes. And I was just like the way they were talking about that color blue, I was just I wanted at first to go like pull up a picture and then I was kind of enjoying envisioning myself like the color that they were describing. Yeah, Cause I definitely mean I was like yeah, because because I mean, we deal with this all the time, a podcast about art can be a little complicated because you're talking about something so visual. But the fact that it forces you to describe things in such Mm -hmm. a visceral way sometimes is, like, a very welcome challenge. So it's kind of nice to hear someone else doing that. Like, describing something that you almost can't describe. Like, color is almost beyond
0: description. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and she did such a great job at that throughout. I mean, because that episode where she was mostly talking about artists who worked with light, like Terrell, Mm -hmm. she, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of that episode, is describing it. And it's just done so well. Yeah. It's done so well in a way that's just like really visual and so easy to follow.
1: It's Mm -hmm. very visual. So that's the next episode, episode four. Yeah. Which was also probably one of my favorites yes yeah, um, I, was,
2: I was thinking of you
1: she opens it describing a Tyrell basically yeah and I, I I was walking around um listening to when I was listening to this episode I was walking around just in my neighborhood at night it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was walking around listening and I was definitely like a couple glasses of wine deep at the time and this episode opened and she describes this Tyrell in In a very, like, clear visual way, but there was, like, just enough emotion that, like, Mm -hmm. it brought me to tears. (laughs) And I, like, started crying, and I was like, I know this is partially the wine, but also I adore Terrell, like, so much. So I I can relate to that experience in a very real way because I love his work. In terms of the work that Abby Jacobson did in this podcast, I just thought that was a brilliant moment from her. It was very, it was just a very cool experience to hear verbalized. Sure. Definitely. And then also, moving throughout the rest of the episode, Abby goes into a Terrell with Samantha Irby. Yeah. And they have a very fun time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was great. I want to go there so bad. I know. Like, oh my god!
1: I'm actually really mad. Okay, so I have been in Terrell's like that. Um, yes, there was there was the one at um, LACMA, mm-hmm. but I was at MoMA PS1 like oh. in July. I was there for a whole day, like for warm up, like getting drunk, and there was like a there was. It, there were DJs and stuff, and, so like, we went and looked at some of the art, but I didn't realize Aww. that there was this, like, really important Terrell there, yeah. and it might be Aww. one of my greatest regrets, so I have to go back to ps one, because I, like, I, I don't know how I missed that. I yeah. feel really dumb.
0: The DeYoung has a Terrell out in the oh, yeah. sculpture garden.
1: That Terrell, I've spent a lot of time in, yeah. that one, because it's, that one's a little different. It's a yes. skyscape. It yeah. doesn't have the light, but he uses natural
0: light, yeah. and it's a... And the space itself is... Crazy cool.
1: Yeah, it's a very beautiful experience. I've I've been to that one quite a few times. I think that might be the first Terrell I ever went to, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like they they just had a had a blast, um like in, in the Terrell, which is just a fun, a fun experience to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then later in that episode, Abby meets up with uh Dan or Flavian with,
2: Judd. Yeah, with Donald
1: <laughs> Donald Judd's son. Or no, just
2: Flavin. Flavin.
1: Flavin, yeah. It's Donald Judd's son, Flavin Judd who is named after the infamous light artist Dan Flavin and his dad the infamous minimalist artist Donald Judd and I was like that is the most crazy way to come into the world
2: right is like, to
1: be named after the two most just like high art kind of like I mean a lot of people considered their work to be somewhat inaccessible yes, or like yeah. kind yes. of, you know like yeah, like
0: yeah. And you're named after both of them yeah. <laughs> It's like man, what? Man. <laughs> I know. That was a trip. Yeah. Flavin was a very nice dude though. And he was in a little bit of a little the...
2: smug. Is that weird? No. I don't know. think it's weird
1: at all, and I also don't, I don't blame him because his name yeah, is Flavin Judd. <laughs> say, I wouldn't
2: like I wouldn't go as far as to say that I thought he was like rude or like I don't even know that I'd say pretentious. He just was, just, definitely like, was just smug. Normal, you know?
0: Like it's just my childhood. It's like, okay, yes, it was just your childhood, but you should also recognize that your yeah, childhood was, yeah. was a little a little different from yeah. many people listening yeah. to Yeah, you. you need
1: to recognize you've had a very interesting existence. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah he acted like it was a weird question yeah. to be like. Yeah.
0: And he was talking, I think it was in the, yeah, it was in the next episode on minimalism yeah. and how the term, um, like his dad mm-hmm. considered it to be so problematic and that it was created by art critics. And I was I was kind of like, I had mixed feelings about that. Same. Because most of the terms for different art movements came out of criticism yeah. by art critics. Yeah. And I think there's something to, like, embracing the term and being like, yeah, you know what? Sure. Yeah. And I don't... I'm, but then on the flip side, I got his point of being like, if you call something minimalist, then you aren't able to see all of its possibilities. Yeah. But it... it it raised an interesting kind of debate in my own head.
2: I thought so, too, because what came to mind was the whole pointillism thing yeah. and how I had Filism. learned. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> I learned in a class that pointillism was not a term created by anyone who was using the technique, but they called it divisionism because it was oh. a division of lines, whatever. So in that case, I was like, okay, I think that's fair to be like, it's not this, it's this. Yeah. But I was like, well, they're saying it's not minimalism, but then they're not trying to give us another description. So it's like, to me, it just felt a little like, I don't know, just trying to be difficult almost. But I agree. (laughs) I think it's important to mention, I think he says in more or less words that to call it minimalism is to reduce what it is. You're making, you're calling it a reduction. Rather than, yeah. you yeah. know, understanding all of the nuances nuances and depth of it. Right. But, like, then do better and describe it better. I don't know.
1: I, I mean, I totally see what you're saying. I think this is also just the age-old debate between yeah. the artists and, like, the art historian. Is, like, what an art critic or an art historian does is they try and define visual art. That's that's what they do, so it can be explained in some way. And then the art itself obviously is never going to perfectly fit in any definition mm-hmm. given to it. The same yeah. way a human being will never fit into any definition that you, you give about them, but that's just what the human mind does is yeah. we try to create distinctions mm-hmm. because we. that's how our brains work. They, they work in terms of definition and pattern. Yeah. And so it's basically like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Minimalism doesn't say what the art is, but, like, it has to go in a group, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it just has yeah. to go in a group. That's a group it's gone in. Yeah. So that's the way it is, and you know? And that shit
0: goes back, like, centuries. Exactly. That's <laughs> you know? all,
1: literally, all art movements. Yeah. We talked about it in the Impressionism episode. Yeah. Impressionists didn't like the term Impressionism. Yeah, uh, nice uh, f- uh, Fauvism. so um, it started as an insult as well. Yeah. Like, this baroque. is... the
0: rogue Like, yeah. like <laughs> misshapen <laughs> pearl. <laughs> like mannerism. Like, all of that shit. Yeah. It all came from people who didn't like it. <laughs> and that, you know, it's just the way it is. Not saying it's, like, wrong or right. Not saying it could be. But it it's just such a circular yeah. debate. Not yeah. to say that it's not worth debating about it. Yeah, I just was like, huh. That's, but it's
1: just yeah. like, at, yeah, at the end of the day, it's going to have the same outcome. Like yeah. like, yeah, we understand that a term can't embody everything about a specific work of art. We yeah. all know that. If you don't know, like, we get it. Like, yeah. that that should just be baseline understanding, right, I feel right. like. But we these terms have been created to try and make sense of the work right. in a certain way. Yeah. And you can disagree with it, but... That doesn't mean the term doesn't have merit. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, So, yeah, that was an interesting episode. Also, like, minimalism. Well, I guess that was...
0: As we watch the suburban garden gnome carefully, carefully without disturbing it, we notice that it moves like, not at all. It's inanimate and utterly without brain function, but... Despite that, when a garden gnome hears about how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, it's clear to them you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. But on second thoughts, maybe don't watch garden gnomes too carefully. People might talk.
1: There was the light, yeah, the light art episode and the minimalism episode. Um, So the minimalism episode, I think minimalism is a very contentious, Mm -hmm. Um, art form for a lot of people like a lot of people just don't they just won't even take the time yeah like they They get angry yeah they do
0: (laughs) and they talk about that in the podcast too like you have people's reactions and it's like whoa Uh. (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I
2: think she summed it up nicely when she explained that people sometimes see it as anti-art so people see it as like inherently aggressive sometimes and I think that's maybe why they get so aggressive back yeah. Not that I think that that's an appropriate reaction yes. necessarily. That's not my reaction. But, no need uh, to fight the
1: art. It's but, not yeah. <laughs> but I guess
2: that that makes sense to me. Why I guess some people get so mad? Is yeah, they don't think that it's like attacking art in a way
0: or insulting art. Mm-hmm.
1: Or, yeah. Also in that episode, she talks to Joe Bear, oh, which mm-hmm. was like a really good conversation. Yeah. So Joe Joe Bear is a famous. "Quote unquote minimalist artist," and she tells a story about how when she was making work, a lot of times the reason she did so well is because she had a unisex, unisex name, yes. you know, so there wasn't <laughs> people didn't know she was female. And then there were two instances in her life where people actually once they realized she was a woman, Returned sent the, yeah. the artwork they had purchased That's back to her. No, I
2: know, right? Like, that is like. A level of misogyny that I had not yet encountered. No, not a level that I had encountered, but an exact situation that I was like, wow. yeah." Like, how do you rationalize that in your head? Explain that one to me. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, I really can't even.
1: Like, oh, a, oh, a
2: female person did this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have a vagina? I don't want, to want this. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you <laughs> must know nothing about it. Yeah. shapes <laughs>
1: this is now shitty art and I no longer find it aesthetically pleasing even though I did like it enough to purchase it in the first so. place <laughs>
2: but her attitude about it was so cool yeah. and I like But she mentioned at a certain point that her work is essentially non-gendered that there's nothing masculine or feminine about it in any way yeah and I liked that mm-hmm. yeah. she's kind of like Pushing that aside, because that does come up a lot in art, like masculine, feminine themes, subjects, styles, what have you, colors. Yeah. So the fact that she was just like, nah, not (laughs) even going to deal with it. There's no gender it's yeah. just
1: artwork yeah exactly and
2: what'd she say and she said it's genuine and it's good and that's why it's lasted and Fuck I yeah, was Joe like <laughs> you are get it you are Fuck yeah it.
0: you are all of it <laughs> what a boss <laughs> yeah she talks to She's some great awesome. artists on this podcast yeah
1: she does so many of and them and we so
0: excited to talk to her which is
2: so cool yeah. I just
1: she talks to our to our girl Yoko
2: yes that
1: like that was good yeah. um episode 6 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: The, oh, yeah her uh, Carolee Schneemann, and then mm-hmm. um, yeah. she talks about Yoko Yeah. And that piece. Yeah. That was the performance art episode, which was great because even as an art historian, sometimes performance art, I'm like, I don't know yeah. about it. Like, some of it, I'm like, yes. And then other ones, I just, it's been the harder medium for me to get into, and I feel like she approached... Abby approaches that kind of general consensus that a lot of people don't get it or they don't like it or they're like "Ah, how is this art she really approaches it in like a pretty thorough and informative way of talking about the different kinds of performance art and how those a lot of like artists like Carolee Schneemann and Yoko Ono like push the envelope in that way and it was Cool that she had RuPaul on that episode. Yeah, yeah. he was perfect
1: for the yeah. for the performance yeah.
0: episode for sure.
1: Yeah, um, that was yeah that was a fun one and like listening to them like watching yeah. the joy together. Wow, <laughs> so, uh,
2: I like that they actually recorded them watching it. Like yeah, that, that was the call. perfect way to do that. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think both like the interview with Carolee Sheeman and then. The discussion they had about... They had a discussion about Yoko Ono's cut piece, which And they
0: watched that one while they recorded yeah, it, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And we talked about that one on the podcast previously, yep. and I really enjoyed listening to the reactions of it. How shocked and, like, appalled <laughs> yeah. they were when the dude, like, cuts her yeah. bra strap and stuff. Yeah. Like, they were, like, pissed about it. I was like, yeah. yeah. Yep, and, I have... They, like, experience those feelings of being um, being violated that I think are so central to that word. Totally,
2: yeah. I have written in my notes, quote, it was a dick move, end quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It was a dick <laughs> it move. It was a dick yeah. move. They <laughs> said it
0: perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It was yep. definitely a dick and move. And that, honestly, like, I mean, I've talked about cut piece in classes. I've talked about it with you guys. I've, like, talked about it, at, like, in parties. Like, it's come up a few times in my life, and, like... It was so different hearing someone else like watch it and react to it mm-hmm. that way. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but for some reason it made me think even more about how much about the human condition that work says. And yeah, it's like, a, it's a very important. When they were just like, thief. you know, that that guy's there and that guy's always going to be there, and they're, she was counting on it, and it doesn't. I don't know. So cool. Yeah. Just in that episode, guys. Was good,
1: and so much performance art since then has been based off of Cut Piece. It's yeah, one of the most important performance works of all time, and right?
2: most importantly, they mention how it's ridiculous that Yoko is considered to have broken up the Beatles yes. and how this performance, which was as Corey said, like a huge turning point in art and like, or just like a monumental point in art and performance art. And it happened before she ever married John Lennon. Yeah. So, yep, you know, come on, guys, respect. respect. Think about it. Yeah, mm. educate yourself.
1: The next episode was the episode on film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got Hannibal Burris again. That was the second <laughs> episode he was on. Yeah. So, there's two episodes with Hannibal Burris who we all, all also, yeah. Love. He did. He was on the first episode where they talked about uh, Marcel
2: Duchamp,
1: Duchamp, Duchamp and ready Mates and humor and art, like Dadaism and and I think they picked up on a lot of the things like we've been saying about Dadaism, like this. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Hannibal Burris said. They were, like, trolling the art world. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because we talk a lot about how, like, memes are the new data, yes. And there's this yeah. very interesting, like, interaction of, like, yeah, trolling. and um. But I also really loved how willing Hannibal Buress was to just, like, appreciate Marcel, Marcel Duchamp's work. He was yeah. like, okay, he's, like... He's, like, versatile, and he was, like, because yeah. people shut down at Duchamp a yeah. lot of the time, and, and like, the concept yeah. of ready-made, people sure. shut down, and, like, Hannibal was, like,
2: okay, yeah. <laughs> he was, like, not about to hate on it. He was, like, ready for it, and yeah, I thought that was His really good. whole fucking journey through understanding Bicycle <laughs> Wheel or just understanding Marcel Duchamp as an artist was awesome because he really did start with, like, why can't I spin it? Like, he wanted to spin it. <laughs> And then at one point he said, that looks like some high shit. And, you know, yeah. he might not have been wrong. Yeah, you put a fucking bicycle wheel on a <laughs> stool and spit it while you think. Like, yeah, that does sound. That sounds, that sounds like a legitimate response. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but you're right. He totally uh, was open, like a fucking vessel to everything yeah. that Abby had to say. And just kind of. I don't know, I feel like for people who don't know much about Duchamp, it's like you get to kind of learn along Hannibal,
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. for sure.
2: I don't know, yeah, and that's a perfect place to start. I was actually super excited, just as like a nerdy art historian, that she started with Duchamp, because most people consider like modern art to kind of start with him, because yeah. he was really like the first, quote, not the, I mean... He's largely considered the first, like, conceptual artist and, like, that he just turned the art world on his head throughout his career. So, I mean, there really was no better place to start. True. In my opinion. Wise choice. And, yeah, yeah, it was, I,
1: I totally agree. He shifted the art world in, like, such a real way, but at the same time for people who aren't familiar with art and art history, you know, it's crazy with Duchamp because he's not... A household name mm-hmm. yeah, like it's yeah, like right. if you ask someone with very little knowledge of art history they don't know who duchamp no, is and it's card like card.
2: yeah exactly yeah. because it takes exactly it takes some thought you can't yeah. you can't really buy a duchamp like print and put it on your wall like
1: that's not really I a know. thing that
0: people do yeah. it's not, it's not like andy warhol yeah so they do in an episode uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah
1: do we want to no. talk about the warhol episode yeah
0: Sure. Um, That was an interesting one.
1: It was an interesting one because... Alright, so... Obviously, like, totally fucking love it. Abby Jacobson, Tavi Gevinson, like, great. I, I did enjoy listening to them talk about Warhol. However, I'm gonna have to... Kind of be on this like uh, Tavi Gevinson mentioned how like she oh, yeah. she really like appreciated Warhol and stuff, and then she feels like she talks to older people and they're just like no, yeah. and yeah. and like there's something that like she might be missing there, and I'm gonna have to I don't know I'm gonna have to pay the preach I'm gonna have to be the old lady <laughs> here I guess I because um. Preach. To an extent, I get it. I mean, I used to be a lot more into Warhol. I um, I had a, a Warhol uh, planner one year oh. that was actually really cool. It had, like, all these prints and it had all these, you know, mysterious, like, cynical-ass quotes from Andy Warhol in it. But it was, like, dope. I loved it. Like, I was definitely a lot more into him, you know, maybe when I was, like, 20, 21 yeah. type of thing. I don't know. We've kind of touched on it a little bit in this podcast. Like, yeah. he was kind of problematic. He was kind of a hack. He was kind of... Granted, I'm not saying he didn't do anything of merit. He did. Right, he right. did important things. Right. And there are certain works of his that I do appreciate. Just For aesthetically, sure. I appreciate yeah. a lot. And and I think there was a lot to bringing attention to consumer culture and things like that. And they bring up, they bring up how he... The way they okay, so like the way they talk about him is that he just wanted recognition for his work, mm-hmm. and I kind of was like, but no, though, like, yeah. like yeah, you're right. Like we do all just want recognition for our work. Right. There's nothing wrong with being an artist and wanting recognition for your art, and there's nothing wrong, like, if you make something and you want, like, wanting recognition for it is totally legit, and I, I agree with that statement. But I feel like with Andy Warhol, it was way more complicated and a little bit more slimy than that. Yes. Um, it wasn't. And, and yeah, and I agree with the idea that some like, cause some people will come at the subject of Andy Warhol as being like, you know, because he wasn't like the struggling artist right. that was just doing it for the sake of the work. He's not an artist. Like that's bullshit too. Yeah. I agree. Um, but, but it, it was different than just wanting recognition okay. for his
0: he, work. You, and I think they made the point, too, that he wa- he was one of the first major artists you can think of that was, like, so famous. Mm-hmm. And he wanted that fame. He yeah. entirely didn't. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think there's a question of whether or not those Campbell soup cans were really worth that much fame. Well. And that <laughs> much money. Like, were they worth that? Right. I do Mm, yeah, I don't know
0: about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um no. so yeah, no, that was that was interesting because I think people have a lot of different opinions on Andy Warhol. And I don't yeah, I don't know if it's depends on generation or what, but I've never I, I, yeah. I just yeah, I have mixed feelings. <laughs> I think I have mixed feelings about him. And we we touched on it a little bit in our um Basquiat, the, Basquiat episode. episode, yeah. I think he's yeah. I think he's a very complicated and fascinating character. Certainly. I will give
1: you that one hundred percent and I like, have the
0: life to prove it. Yeah, yeah and I'm God.
1: I'm looking forward to doing a future episode on him. Oh, I for think sure. he's incredibly fascinating, but the quickness to just yeah just be like, Andy Warhol's great, I think is, is also Yeah.
2: Well and I will say I definitely like what stood out to me in that episode was how Abby Jacobson herself was relating to Warhol. So yeah, that yeah, also, I remember that, yeah. I think that maybe, ha- mm, like, put yeah. a different spin on it, that she wasn't necessarily, like, maybe meaning to, like, place him on a pedestal so much as, you know, she points out that he was an illustrator first, and then right. he had a TV show, and she's like, hey, like, yeah. that's kind of weird. <laughs> like, you know, I think she's just she has that perspective which kind of shifts her mindset and maybe you know having the illustration thing in common like you know yeah because which was in terms of the podcast I agree it was an interesting it was a
1: it was an interesting moment in the podcast because I think I mean it's partially kind of what we try to do here is like understanding art does come from personal experience mm-hmm. and yes. if you think you can be entirely like i don't know trying to be entirely objective about art and artists is stupid yeah. like like yeah. Yeah, like it's dumb like it's, it's you possible. should you should try to connect with them and try and express those ideas yeah. so yeah i i agree i really appreciated seeing her make those connections mm-hmm. in her head of right. like how she relates to andy warhol and, and in
2: general it's it's not a super critical podcast, and it's yeah, yeah. because it is so right. like limited. You know, ten episodes. There, and they're the, short the longest episodes, one yeah, yeah is like twenty four minutes, yeah. and they go all the way down to like fourteen. Like yeah, they're not. It's not a ton of content. So she's obviously being choosy and choosing to talk about things in a positive light. Definitely. So yeah, it told. I agree with you guys one hundred percent that there there were critiques that could be made about Warhol that weren't. But I also think it was. If we had to nail it down, it would be more in the camp of just not addressing the problematic things versus trying to like talk him up in a way that he's not. If that makes sense, for sure. Like I like just, just leaving leaving it out more. Definitely. Than,
1: yeah. I think I think my big thing. I've been trying to like work it out in my head as we're talking about it. Um with Andy Warhol is he's such he is the like pop culture icon. Oh, totally. mm-hmm. He's such yeah. an icon and I think with pop culture icons even though you know he started as a pop culture icon in the 60s and 70s we're very quick to just accept them as icons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think there's a lot of that especially with like younger audiences and thinking about Thinking about my Andy Warhol day planner and stuff, like I think it's really easy to just feel like, oh, this guy was cool in the '60s, and he's did in the soup cans, and in the '60s are cool. Oh, yes. Yeah, if he was cool then, exactly. and he's he so cool now. Exactly. So I yeah. think it's really easy to just just take in Andy Warhol and just like adopt him as like. Mm-hmm. Um, as important or valuable Mm -hmm. without really, like, and once again, I'm speaking from personal experience without Mm -hmm. really fully taking the time to understand him or his work, you know? And it's like, and if, if at the end of the day, after you like take the time to really like spend time with his work and you still love it more power to you, you know? Um,
2: Well, and that's the paradox of Andy Warhol too, is that his work is visually easy digest, easily digestible, so people gravitate toward it, and they're told that they should like it. <laughs> <His> <laughs> Pancake is playing possum right now. <laughs> he's a sleepy boy. No, <laughs> he sleeps like a little crescent moon. <laughs> he does totally. That's oh, so fucking cute. Oh, so we just disturbed him. Um, like
1: guys. But I did actually want to before I move on. I did. I wrote this down in my notes. I wanted to ask you guys because they talked about the access- accessibility of pop art, yes. which I think is an interesting concept. Yeah. How accessible do you guys find pop art?
2: Oh. Accessible? How? Like,
1: just in general, like mm-hmm. as an art form, like, yeah. do you think it is a more accessible art form, or you, when you just hear that phrase, yeah, accessibility,
0: yeah, my gut says yeah. I think that, especially compared, maybe to more um, to art movements prior to pop art, like pop art is was so reproducible, and and just the the scale that it was made on, and the materials that it was made from were kind of, in a lot of ways, more cost-effective, and they were, I think, just had higher visibility. Yeah, than the reproducibility things. of yeah, yeah, definitely. So in that way, I think they're very accessible. However... Like, what
1: about conceptually, though? I know. Because I agree. Like, there's something very accessible about them, but I also think part of their appeal and their allure, like, going, like, if you're thinking Andy Warhol, like, the soup cans. Like, a soup can, just a picture of a soup can, isn't particularly interesting on its own unless you're willing to attach some conceptual meaning to it. Right. And that idea isn't... Super accessible, but Great.
2: you don't have to go that far. Is why I think it is accessible because that is its appeal. Is yeah. that you you recognize it, and so you technically don't need to do more than that. Which yeah, is, I think, true. how most people approach Annie Warhol. You don't yeah. really need to know much more than what a Campbell's soup can is and who Annie Warhol is, and you yeah. feel like you're in the know.
1: That's true. Compared to someone yeah. like
2: Duchamp, who You know, he's not trying to make people feel stupid. And I think Abby Jacobson does a great job of of explaining how really he's making fun of the art world and really he's laughing with the viewer. But you have to understand that. And if you don't, then you feel like he's making fun of you. And he's, you know, being elitist. And so it's pretty horribly ironic, honestly, when you compare the two. Yeah,
1: I think... I don't know. It's weird because I... You're totally right. I definitely agree. I think, I think where I get kind of like lost in it is maybe it's just more of a personal trait is that my approach to art is and always has been looking for deeper meaning. And I Mm -hmm. think before going back to me as, you know, like younger me, who was a little bit more apt to just accept Andy Warhol. um, I think I I maybe operated in this belief system that there was always something deeper going on with his work. You know what I mean? And so to me, that means if you just like accept that straight off, then, then to me, it creates like a conceptualism similar to Duchamp, you know yes. what I mean? But I don't know if I created that for myself or if it actually exists, you Ooh, know? No. Honestly, I know
2: people could debate about it. I bet they have and they will. Like, yeah, right? I don't know. Just kind of, it's something. It's just a thing.
1: <laughs> Contour from Cox has all your favorites, all in one place. And with the contour remote, you can use your voice to find them on live TV, on-demand, and streaming apps like Netflix, Prime Video, and more. See Cox.com for details. What else do we have to talk about
0: about the emojis episode? The emojis episode. That's our return great. of Questlove. Oh. Questlove
1: I, and Paola Antonelli. Oh,
0: she, she was the coolest. Oh. All, the, all the curators that she talked to on this podcast were great. They seemed so But lovely. Paola was just a bundle of Italian jewelry. I
1: loved her so much. I had loved such her. a
0: cool approach in talking about like putting the original emojis in the exhibit and things like putting video games in fine art museums which is fucking dope. Yeah. Keep doing it Paula. Like, And the fact that they were talking about that, and I think Questlove made the point of being like, okay, was it controversial? And it's like, yes. And that in and of itself is so much of the point. I know. Yeah. so much of the I point. Think Did it spark debate? If it answers, It creates yes, discussion. Debate. debate like,
1: exactly. Yeah. So that was, re- repeat that, because there... Questlove has an amazing quote yeah. in this episode. He says
2: b- he basically says what Jenny said about. i totally paraphrased
0: it. No, no, no. But oh. you were right
2: because whatever you use, yeah. I think is what he said first. So, um, does it? He was, just said, like, did it create controversy? Yeah, did it create controversy? Yeah. Does it start? Does it spark debate? Yeah. Like, is if yes. it's doing that, then yes, it's art. And he, I, he says it so succinctly. Like, he really just he asks the question. He says, if the answer is yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Nice. I think I wrote it down actually. Oh,
1: nice. <laughs> the exact quote: "If I had to ask, is this allowed? Then mm-hmm. it's high art." Yeah, and that was the quote by Love. And, and he was I... talking
2: about music and stuff. Yeah, too, he specifically. was talking. Yeah. yeah. Totally.
1: He totally. was he was talking about um, albums and stuff. He was yeah, yeah, to. yeah. And that's his definition of high art is he, if he has to ask himself if something's allowed, then that makes it art. And I love everything about that. Yeah, and I love everything about Questlove. Uh, uh, come on our so show. Nice.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I love him so much. So cool. He's so yeah. cool. So that down to episode was all at once. Was one of my favorites yeah. for sure because of him and because of that curator oh, and just.
1: She was so excited about like video games and yeah. code
0: and stuff, and, and I was that like, "Yeah, should be in museums, right?" The people who make those graphics are artists, and we've talked 100%. about this kind of loosely before that like art can fill into so many different categories other than just you know painting, sculpture, printmaking, drawing. Yeah, like, it is so much bigger than that, especially the further along we get in terms of what work capable of doing with coding and algorithms and, like, graphic design and all of that. And there's, I just see no reason why it shouldn't be in a museum.
1: And also, like, I've kind of talked about this before, and the thing with emojis is I read this article a Long time ago, well, like a year ago, maybe, and it was basically talking about how, in terms of the evolution of our language, is like we started with symbols, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, and then they turned into uh-huh. letters, and then it turned into language, and now we're reverting back to very similar symbols. Yes, like they are pictorial symbols yeah. that mean things, and and it's it's taking on a life of its own where a combination of three emojis can mean something all its yeah. own. It's becoming its own language. And if you don't think that is some kind of beautiful human art form, like, I'm sorry, but yeah. you're missing the point. Exactly. Like- <laughs> and I
2: loved Abby's take on it where she was like – Her biggest issue with emojis is that they weren't, like, specific enough to how she wanted them to look. And that's so perfect. As an illustrator, she's basically just, like, you know, I understand visual language to the point that, like, emojis make me mad because they're not what I want them to be. And, like, that, that's perfect. And I like that they talked about the trajectory of emojis being customizable. And right, like, yeah. Exactly. Personal. Oh, they, they talked about bitmojis too. Yes. And yeah. I love I loved that Questlove was super into
1: bitmojis. Yes. That made me happy. <laughs> I know. Um Because, and they are super, bitmojis are super important because they play with self-image. Because you, totally. de, you design your own bitmoji. Yeah. And Questlove mentions how Bitmojis are powerful because you not only see a person's representation, but you see what a person thinks of themselves. Exactly. And I was like, "Damn, yeah. like, it's so true." Yeah, that's pretty powerful. Totally it made know. me
2: feel a lot better about like the scary Black Mirror idea that eventually we're all just going to like be avatars. I like, was like, "Well, if Questlove is coming to peace with it." Oh man, Black Mirror Maybe. will like, do you
0: in. It really will. Great show, though. But in a good way. Question everything. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, that episode was fantastic.
1: Questlove, will you just run for president? Can you, like, be Uh, our leader?
2: He's he's too wise. (laughs)
1: He's just... I just... Oh, I love him so much. I know. Um, What else? There was
2: one last... There was
1: one other episode. Oh, the
0: writing on the wall. Yeah.
1: Text art. I love text.
0: Me
2: too. Me too.
0: I mean, last... Summer, when I was working at the DeYoung, the main exhibit was Ed Ruchet, and mm-hmm. he's all about text art prints, paintings of just words. Sometimes they're just street names. Nice. Rancho Rancho Boulevard. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. No, so, I, um, yeah.
1: Jenny Holzer has been one of my favorites for a very long time, and her stuff is pretty much purely text, mm-hmm. you know, and different scenarios and in different ways. Sometimes she's had exhibits where she's done, you know, um, illuminated text on buildings. Yeah, yes, I love Tracy yeah. yeah, like, they're just... She also has um, a, a whole um, installation in the Sculpture Garden at the Walker in Minneapolis where mm-hmm. there are these uh, benches and mm-hmm. it's just, like, her text art on top of them. Yeah. Like, these yeah. really interesting, beautiful, poetic phrases. Yeah. On, yeah, I think she's amazing and I think text art is super amazing because... To, I don't know, to claim that words aren't visual is also yeah. stupid, yeah. you know? <laughs> Typography, <laughs> yeah.
0: Typography, hello. Yeah. No, totally. And I mean, I, especially from our perspective, we write about visual material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is such a natural and beautiful interplay between text and image, yep. and then bringing that together in an like a totally visual way. It's just so cool. And yeah. the like the text enhances the image and the image enhances the yeah. text. And both of them can like kind of interplay off of each other yeah. and create something, you know, that can be really emotional and evocative. It and is such beautiful. a exactly such a natural relationship. And yeah, like, yeah it-
1: in this episode, and then also in an earlier episode, episode seven as well, they talk um, or Abby Jacobson talks to Martine Sims. Yes. Who oh my oh, she god, is impressive she person. is amazing. <laughs> she's so cool. And I like spent some time watching some of her work last night, and yeah. I'm gonna go a lot deeper into yeah, it. Dude. We should she lives in LA. We should try and get her like on the show. Oh, she she's so cool. And her work is really interesting mm-hmm. yeah. and just friggin dope and um and they're talking about in this episode so they she's in the film episode as well because a lot of her artwork mm-hmm. is is film based mm-hmm. um and they talk about in the film episode they also talk about Howardina pindell who we definitely need to to spotlight yeah. quick um definitely. who did free white in 21 yeah. which yeah. was a
0: Very important, definitely. Yeah,
1: like very important film piece, and yeah, exactly. It's chilling and it's kind of awful, but it's—I mean, not kind of. It's really awful, but but um, it's—it's important important and it's powerful and it's—it's a really beautiful thing. And Martine Sims is is inspired by Howardina Pindell's work, among many other artists. Yeah, but I
2: like the way that she described how it took her so long to hear about her. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. some yeah. says that, yeah, it, she wasn't really aware of her work for so long and then had one of those moments, as many artists do... Where they discover a work that they're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm almost like a direct descendant of this person without even knowing them. Which That's is just. So cool. Which happens a lot in art. Like, a crazy yeah. amount.
1: Um, and there are also, with Howardena Pindell's Free White and 21, there are a lot of response works to it. Just, like, mm-hmm. on YouTube and stuff. Oh, like, nice. people have, yeah, who have done to response that. versions yeah. of it. Um, so, definitely look into that. But, yeah. Martine Sims amazing contemporary artist out of LA. She's, like, 29. She's, like, our age, and she just does really provocative work, but she's also really cool and really yeah, chill. super down to earth. She yeah. had, like, the best vibe, and um, they were talking about text uh, art and brings up the idea that, like, symbol, like, textual symbols can also be aesthetic. Like, they're yeah. not just letters. Like, they yeah. also have... Have a an aesthetic an aesthetic existence of their mm-hmm. own. For sure. So with text art, like I mean, sometimes it is about what the text is saying, but a lot of times it's about the visual expression of that text as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, there's there's such an important interplay of how words work and how visual material totally, works. yeah, totally, um, and how words are visual material. Yes,
2: and <laughs> you know, she kind of she has these like. uh, overarching questions for each episode, kind of, like, they just, they come up at different points, but, you know, she's, they're thematic, so she does bring those up, and in this one, it's, can just words be art, and in my mind, I was, like, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> hands down, no <Definitely>. <laughs> debate, like, uh, yes 100% just words can be art, yeah, and... That was probably the easiest question she asked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're getting on, like, an hour here. Is there any other moments from a piece of work we want to touch on real quick or any any closing thoughts we had? Um, you I need mean, to go listen immediately. Yeah. Like, we barely, yeah. you know, yeah. got Overall, into it. all.
0: fantastic. Great guests, great artists, um, lots of really quality interviews with a wide range of different kinds of people that all kind of contributed to this educational but in like fun podcast it was a good time it was good it was good good. I was really like there were multiple times where
1: I was like really jealous that I wasn't in that room like really the whole podcast I was like I I just want to be there right now yeah so many Abby Jacobson got to have so many cool experiences just talking to these artists oh, and know. like she got a lot of behind the scenes material. And yeah. Oh.
2: And, yeah. It was cool to hear her tell her whole story too, which we didn't really get into, at, but she talks about her kind of relationship to art, which is a lifelong relationship. She talks about how it's kind of started in childhood she comes from a family of artists and it's just, I didn't know all of those details about her life. I knew that she was an illustrator. I didn't yeah. know she was a illustrator with a degree, like, I didn't realize that she actually went to art school and, like, that that was a point in her life, and... I also liked when she talked about how people assume
1: that she is yeah. Abby from Broad City. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously her character from Broad City is based on her, but they're not the same person yeah. per se, you know? Yeah. And she kind of talked about how there's an interesting intersection there where people just assume that whatever happens on the show is yeah. representative of right. her real
2: life. You but know? she was always
0: making herself so visible to society so vulnerable yeah, and it's terrifying.
2: <laughs> well and she's also she's so humble about or not humble's not the right word I'm trying to like almost gracious about where she is yeah. and definitely I forget which guest it is but someone basically I think it's RuPaul is like will people come up to you on the street right and maybe it's not RuPaul I don't know someone is talking about how people must come up to her all the time in New York now and be like Abby, oh my god, da-da-da. Where's
0: Alana? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she,
2: in, in response, she's kind of like, yeah, well, yeah, that is kind of how it is. But she doesn't, she's not, like, angry or, like, upset about it. She doesn't feel slighted. Like, you can tell she's kind of, like, aware of the way that she's opened herself up to people. And I don't know. She's, like, patient with the fact that people think that they know her or, like, yeah. want yeah, to totally. approach her like they do. And she doesn't get too worked up about it. It's almost like... Yeah. understands like her
0: even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's,
2: she's... She's forgiving of people for doing that. Like, yeah. she understands. And I yeah. thought that was cool. Because you don't have to. Because that has to be super annoying. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Can but you imagine? Yeah. No, it's
1: super great series. Super cool. I'm really glad they did it. And yeah. I'm glad we... To listen to it. Yeah, you, you should listen to it. And I'm glad we got to talk about it in yeah, response. And I, I, I think it's really cool. So head on over to iTunes and
2: check that out. Let's do a couple of quick listener mail. Certainly. All right, we have a message from Jacqueline, and the subject line is "Thank you." Hey, babes, I just wanted to thank each of you for this podcast. I listen to y'all when I'm in my studio working, and it's so rad to be able to freshen up my art history with such knowledgeable and fun women. I'm also going back to school for both art history and sociology, so this has been an amazing asset. Cheers, Jacqueline. That's so cool. That is so cool. cool. Art history and sociology are a
1: great combination, BT-dub. Like, you can do a lot of really interesting things with that. Also, love that you consider us an asset. (laughs) Like, whenever people... I don't know. Like, because this is so... I mean, obviously, a ton of work goes into this, and like... We work really hard on our research, but it's also really fun. So when people use us as some kind of a resource, like that's yeah. like the nicest thing I mean, ever. We really appreciate it. Crazy cool. We got another one from Tamara. Tamara podcast. Tamara, Tamara. Tamara. <laughs> uh, podcast imitates life, ladies. I was out doing some errands today, accompanying, accompanied, unaccompanied by your podcast. About your European travels, you got to the part about Charlemagne Palestine, and I thought, hmm, that sounds entertaining. So I popped the info into Google, and I found I was literally two minutes by foot from the exhibit. Did I mention I live in Paris? (laughs) Well, I had a lovely visit and took a few pictures before heading out to finish shopping for the day. Thanks for the fun detour. I've enjoyed hearing your experience of my adopted city. I've made a point of visiting an inordinate number of museums, activities, restaurants, festivals, and other assorted quirky locations here, but it's nice to know that even after six years, I can still be pleasantly surprised. Sincerely, Tamra that's Aww, super that's cool that's really
2: nice yeah i'm so uh, glad yeah, like thanks for sharing that with us yeah because
1: we uh, it was such a happy accident for yeah. us to come to stumble on it so i'm glad you got to experience it as well it's a super fun exhibit if anyone else is listening and is in paris they should also yeah. check it out at the yeah, jewish hope, museum hopefully
2: it's still up i mean
1: well it was today Oh, sweet. eight eight hours ago <laughs> okay well then it's still up it's Guess still up go check it out um at the jewish museum um let's see those are short ones so let's throw one more in real quick because we have so much yeah. in our mail okay let's do this one do you want to read this one jenny yeah i um, don't uh,
0: yeah i can read that i don't have my glasses but i can do it this is from gabrielle hello oh subject Hieronymus Bosch. oh i bet i know what this is gonna be about okay hello. <laughs> Hieronymus Bosch, maybe. yeah probably <laughs> um hello i love you guys heaps you're so cool I listen to your podcast with a glass of wine while I make dinner and it's absolutely fabulous I'm not sure if you'll even read this girl we are um but I just want you to know that I love you and you're amazing I'm pretty sure I've emailed before to say the same thing, but I don't care. Girl, we love it all. Um, also, I've called you girl a couple of times. Hope girl! That's okay. um, I do have one request. Hieronymus Bosch is one of my favorite artists, and I was wondering if you haven't done one already, if you guys could do an episode on him. That would be awesome. Peace out. Okay, peace out. Yeah, thank you, Gabby. And that is a great recommendation. And we also love Hieronymus Bosch, and that can certainly be one on the docs. Yeah, I feel like we talk about him all the time.
1: He's he's definitely a favorite of every one of us. I have a a future tattoo planned inspired by Hieronymus Bosch. Also, he's, our Facebook account name yeah. is I were going to
0: disclose yes. that. I almost said it, and then I was like, is that a secret? <laughs>
1: no, it's fine. If you want to Facebook friend us, find us, Hieronymus Bosch. <laughs> that's us. Um, yeah, we love him. He's such a fucking weirdo. I love him so yeah, much. Um, fantastic. So he is definitely added to the list. Um, maybe we'll push him up a little bit. Yeah, if you guys have requests, whether they're on our list or not, like, send them to us, because when people send us requests, we kind of push them up in importance because we know you guys want to hear them but thank you for that super sweet message and you can email us as often as you want like it just brightens our day and we really appreciate it so thank you all so much for listening to this response episode you got to go check out a piece of work um if you have questions comments anything Email us at arthistorybabes at gmail.com. You can head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a quick thing, we're going to start doing little bonus episodes for all of our lovely patrons on... Patreon. So, if you donate, you will have access to monthly mini episodes from us um, that no one else will have access to. So, uh, VIP, if, VIP, exactly, and some like back, like behind the scenes bonus fit footage as well. So, if that interests you, go to Patreon.com/slash Art History Babes donate whatever you can. We sincerely yeah. appreciate it. We're not um, asking
2: for big bucks necessarily. No.
1: You you will have access with any donation, no matter the price. Yeah. So um, anything is welcome and appreciated. Uh, write us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We love them. Check us out on all the social medias. We're there. And uh, yeah.
0: Thanks for listening. Thank you all. Bye. Bye.
2: From
0: Cal-
2: much in Europe. In Europe. What was the (laughs) food? Oh no, it was was the I can't I can't pay. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a baby. (laughs) Yeah
0: Geico presents oh not again. Another voicemail from your roommate.
1: Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work, and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, While you're there, could you also turn off the oven? And all of the burners. (laughs) My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why.
0: (laughs) The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.